0: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Ozaro, the Senior Pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in this series in the book of 1 Corinthians, the study of the first letter to Corinth. Today we are in chapter 14. As some see God as the mighty Coke machine in the sky, you press the right button to receive your favorite spiritual gift. Yet, our relationship with Jesus is so much more complete when we accept one simple truth from the Word. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led right now to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do today. There's a place to give at Reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of the message called Spirit-Filled Speech. Pastor Sean is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and James chapter 3. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, Earnestly desire the higher gifts. Note that word. And then in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 14, after chapter 13, he says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. See, I think this is one of the keys. I think this is where some of us missed it. Because he says we're to pursue love, and desire spiritual gifts, not pursue spiritual gifts. We're to pursue love. And, and I think of some of the excesses and abuses and the things that have caused us to shy away from these things. And I'm like, if we would have pursued love and yet desired the, whatever gift God wants to give, it might have changed our whole approach. It might have put us in a different place. Pursue love, desire. We're never told to pursue the gifts or any particular gift, we're told to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I think that's a very important guideline as we discuss this. Now, let me make a couple of quick points this morning. First, do not let the misuse of some keep you from walking in the gifts that God has for you. Do not let the misuse of some keep you from walking in the gifts God has for you. Have you ever known someone who, when you kind of Explain you're a Christian or you mention Jesus. Like, oh, I don't want any of that because I was part of a church and they were mean and they did this, so I don't want any part of Jesus. And I'm like, Jesus came down and did that to you? No, no, it was this pastor. Or it was this Sunday school teacher. No, no, it was this person in the church. So Jesus didn't do it. No, Jesus didn't, but they did. Okay, so you don't want to talk about Jesus because what they did? And we do it all the time. Don't let the abuse, the misuse, you know, that'd be like throwing out Christianity because the Crusades were kind of a bad idea. It would be like saying all of Christianity is no, not valid at all. Nope, got to throw it out. Or, you know, there have been cults that have come out of certain branches of Christianity and they got off track and they went, well, Christianity is not valid. I'm sorry. that We obviously recognize we don't believe that or we wouldn't be here today. And yet sometimes with certain parts of the Scripture we do that. Don't let the misuse of some keep you from walking in whatever gift God has for you. I don't want to avoid what I will call the messy ones. Because i got to tell you, this whole thing of following the Spirit, and this is where so much of the best of our spiritual life is found, in listening for the voice of the Spirit, in following the voice of the Spirit, in letting Him speak and lead. And you got to understand, you're like, people look at me and they think I'm weird if I do that. Well, one, you kind of are a little weird if you do that. I'm not saying that to insult you. I'm a little weird when I do it. And let me tell you why. Because when you're following the Spirit, you're following a hand that they can't see. You're listening to a voice that they can't hear. Don't be surprised when you say, I think the Lord told me to do this, and it's exactly the opposite of what they would do. In fact, if you're honest, it's exactly the opposite of what you would do. But you know it's what the Lord's asking you to do. Don't expect your friends and family members to go, oh, that makes perfect sense. Well done. If they care about you at all, you know, there's some people who might go, okay, that seems a little out there. Okay, so you you heard the voice of God. What did he sound like? Was it Morgan Freeman, as I would have, had, you know, I, or maybe you're a purist, James Earl Jones, I don't know. But we, we say these things, we throw this vernacular around, and we believe it. We believe God speaks. He prompts us. He, he leads us. I've actually never heard an audible voice. I've told you that. But I've heard the voice of the Lord a lot, leading, prompting, guiding. I've never heard an audible voice. Can God speak in an audible voice? Sure. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He can create the world he can probably talk. (laughs) But the fact that he has kind of spoken to my spirit and led me and I knew his direction or spoken through the word of God or spoken in ways that are are unusual and surprising sometimes. This is something that you have to expect people to kind of just go, okay. But don't let the fact that these are mess, because that's, that's where following the Spirit. That's what the key to the deeper life: is listening for His voice and following Him. We see. We should be willing to do whatever God desires to experience all He has to walk in the gifts He has for us. And yet, I think sometimes we've been trained in our church upbringing. You know, some of you may not have had no church upbringing, and I think in some ways you maybe have an advantage. Okay, there's many great things from my church upbringing, and I'm grateful for. I'll be crystal clear on that there's also things i had to unlearn you know we have these kind of things it's like if you brazen in a church or a church circle or a particular tradition it's like you you kind of have been taught lanes right and this is our lane you know if you're if you know we were pentecostal so here was our lane actually it was more swervy okay Maybe you're Southern Baptist or you're Methodist, and this is your lane. This is what we believe. This is who we are. This is what we do, all right? And here's you just staying right in your lane, man. That's what we do because we're good Christians, and we stay in the lane. When someone else comes to you from outside saying, you know, hey, but the Bible says this, and it seems a little outside your lane, what do you do? Oh, no, 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 I can't leave my lane because there's two things that usually I think keep us in our lanes, okay? And they kind of act like chains when you think about it. It's like we're chained by these two things. One is comfort. Because over time, I grew up with certain things. I just become comfortable with them. And someone presents something different, and that chain of comfort just kind of holds me there on that one side. The other is outright, it's another chain. Man, I can't believe I never got that art scholarship. (laughs) The other is fear. Because I've been raised and trained to not only be comfortable with certain things, but it's fear. And so I walk through my life, and I look at the Scripture through lenses that are, I've got lanes and chains, and I'm stuck between comfort and fear. And I just want to say, let's not do that. Let's look at the Word of God for what it is, because there's so many things that that just... God wants to say to us that don't fit into our neat little boxes. You know, we try to put God in the box. God's not going in the box. It's just, you can try, you can make up a God for the box, but he's not getting in there. He's funny that way. I just think the chains and the lanes, and if we could just let the spirit break those chains, and and, and here's the thing, does that mean there's no guides? There's no, you know, there is. It's called the word of God. Let the word of God speak. And so we look at these gifts and we kind of get afraid and go, oh, it's a little weird, oh, I don't know. Don't let the misuse of some keep you from walking in the gifts that God has for you. Where does he want to take you in prayer? Does God maybe want to give you a private prayer language whereby the Spirit would intercede for you? in ways that you can't even imagine? I think the scripture suggests it is. But are we going to let chains and lanes keep us from stepping out and experiencing what he has? I think spirit-filled believers should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give. And then an obvious question is, I think, okay, why tongues? Okay, And when my friend was making fun of me there, when I'm trying to lead him to Jesus... And I end up punching him instead, which maybe was from the Lord, I don't know. The discipline of the Lord, through me, his servant. But it's like, God, why something like this? And I really, this is something I prayed about, because it's like, as a pastor, I don't get to just kind of not think about it and blow it off, because I'm going to be teaching through Corinthians one day, and I'm going to get to chapter 14. And I got to say something, other than we're going to skip 14, so I really prayed about this god what what is it why tongues and i think He may have given me an answer here here's the the second point and just think about it what if the gift of tongues is a unique opportunity to practice spiritual submission what if it's a unique opportunity to practice spiritual submission and some of you're like wait a minute that's not a point that's a question you can't make a question your point who says i can't i can do whatever i want I think a lot of people want me to come here and want a teacher even to come and give you the definitive, just step A, step B, step C, so you won't have to do the hard work of seeking and surrendering for yourselves. I I don't think that's God's desire. I think it's okay for us to ask questions. But stop and think about it. What if the gift of tongues is a unique opportunity to to practice spiritual submission in one of the areas hardest to surrender or submit to? And that is our speech. See, the scripture says in James chapter 3, the tongue is one of the most difficult things to surrender. I think maybe, and I'm not justifying anything here, I think maybe that's why some of these people had us try to pray, you know, see my tie or hallelujah or whatever, because it is hard to surrender the tongue. James says it this way. This is James 3, 2 through 8. He says, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths mouth of horses so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at ships also. Though they are so large driven by, and, strong, and driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder. For every kind of beast and bird, or reptile, sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Why don't you just tell us what you think, James? <laughs> Dear Lord, but anybody disagree? How many of the things that have gotten you into trouble involved your tongue? My list is long and distinguished. How many things I've had to go and apologize or undo or repent of that came because of the tongue. And I, I think we all read that and go, yep, there's a truth to that. So stop and think about it. If in submission and spiritual discipline I can surrender my tongue to the Spirit in prayer, in this private prayer language, if I can surrender my tongue in prayer, maybe... I can surrender my tongue to the Spirit when I'm in an argument with Lori. Instead of having to go back and apologize for three days for that stupid thing that felt so great to say in the moment, but now so was not worth it. That hurtful thing that you wish you could take back the minute it's out and you're trying to grab the words and it never works and it's like, oh God. If I can surrender my tongue to the Spirit in prayer, maybe I can surrender. I'm in an argument.
0: And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church, in this message called Spirit-Filled Speech. It's in the series on unity called One, which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. series in a devotional form, encouraging you to embrace the spirit-filled life.
1: I wrote in a devotional style to encourage readers to examine the Scripture with fresh eyes and make room for the Lord to speak about the role of the Spirit in our lives. The goal of the whole book is to simply make you hungry for more of the Spirit.
0: Order your copy of A Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life by Sean Azaro today at Amazon or reachingforreallife.org. And now the conclusion to the message: Spirit-filled speech. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: Or maybe I can surrender my body to the Spirit in times of temptation. Maybe I can learn to surrender my pride for the good of the kingdom, the things that God wants to accomplish. See, I think there's something possibly that God is doing. and And again, I propose it as a question for prayer and consideration. What if this is God's way of saying, I'm going to train you to surrender the most difficult part, and guys, if you can learn to surrender the tongue to me, to my spirit, everything else kind of falls into place, because the tongue is one of the hardest. I submit that for your consideration. Kind of doesn't matter why the tongues, because the Scripture says it. He puts it there. I think we should desire every spiritual gift that God desires to give because we're followers. Now, third point, and I'll kind of conclude with this. While the use of spiritual gifts is good for me, the focus is what God wants to do through me. The use of spiritual gifts is good for me. The focus is what God wants to do through me. And he says that over and over and over. And even when you talk about spirit-filled speech, that's why he highlights prophecy. He specifically says prophecy is more beneficial. And now i got to stop because some of you, you hear prophet, prophecy and you're like, okay, well, you just went from weird to weirder, Sean. Thank you for that. I left my prophet's robe at home. <laughs> prophecy is simply speaking what God said to say. That's it. Okay. We think, oh, no, no, no. We think Nostradamus and it's got to tell the future. No. Again, as I told you, I think a couple weeks ago, God. if God wants to tell the future, he can. He's not bound in time. He can, he can say what's going to happen in the future. Great. If he wants to reveal that and someone says that, wonderful. But it doesn't really involve that. That's not what the word means. It is simply saying what God has said to say. Technically, preaching is a type of Prophesying, if, if we preachers are listening for the voice of the Spirit, saying what the Spirit is said to say, that is a, that is a, that's what prophecy is. If you pray for someone God lays something on your heart and says, I want you to go tell them this, and you do that, that is the gift of prophecy. And he's saying, I would that you all speak in tongues, but rather that you prophesy. In other words, I think there may be a prayer language that's available for any follower of Jesus Christ. I, I believe that. But he says even more boldly and more adamantly. But this idea of saying what God wants you to say, yeah, I want you to do that. People need to hear a word of encouragement, they need to hear what God thinks on the subject. And I think sometimes if we'll surrender ourselves that, say, Lord, what do you want to say? It's simply speaking God's truth. And what I want to encourage us, because that's what the scripture says to do, let God use you in this gift of prophecy. Now, I'm not saying it's the office of the new prophet in the New Testament sense. It's not the Old Testament prophet as far as on a national sense. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this simple thing of speaking what God says to say. Have you ever been in a situation, think about it, you ever been in a situation something's being said and something in your spirit, you feel like, man, that's not true. That's not right. I, think, I don't think that's what God wants to say. Maybe he's asking you to respectfully speak what his spirit would like to say. You know, we often talk in our discipleship about, you know, listen for God's voice, do what he says. That's basically discipleship. Listen for his voice, do what he says. Well, this is simply listen for his voice, say what he wants to say. I think there's something very powerful in that, encouraging the key is to do it with humility and love. The problem is some people say, "Well, I've got the gift of prophecy." And then they go and they start speaking forth as though they are the voice of God, and it's like, "I must be obeyed, and when I say it, you must do what I say because I am the prophet or the prophetess of God." And it's like, "Stop it. No, you're not. You're a believer." I think it should whenever we do that because we're people who are are perfectly capable of hearing his voice and saying what he says, we're also capable of maybe not doing it perfectly. And I think as we grow and more, we mature, we hear His voice, we understand it better. I think we get better. So there should always be that sense of humility. And you know, whenever I feel like God lays something on my heart for people, specifically, and I, I'll go to them, "Hey, I was praying for you, and I think the Lord wanted me to share something with you." You know, I, I will simply say, "Here's what I think He said," and then I submit that to you. You pray about it, see if that resonates with what you think God's saying. What's so hard about that? I'm not rewriting scripture here. This is not now the book of Sean that's going to be at the last part of the Bible or maybe, you know, a little appendix. It's just, and and when you do that, it kind of demystifies this whole thing. It's like, oh, this is just a normal part of the spirit-filled life. The whole point is that we learn to listen for and follow the spirit. I think every spirit-filled believer should desire every spiritual gift that God wants to give. And I want that for you as a congregation. I want that as your pastor. And let me just tell you, when you start saying, okay, God, yes, because that's really what it is, saying yes. Okay, yes. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean you're not going to at times go, boy, I could have done that better. But it just means that you're going to start seeing God move and work through your spiritual gifts, whatever they are, including that gift of speaking what he wants to say. I encourage you, don't try to put him in a box. Let's get rid of the the chains and the lanes, okay? The, let's be in his lane. The lane is what he gave us in the word of God. Don't let this addiction to comfort or fear stop you. I was discussing with, with a group of people, in a small group one time, and uh, the issue came up, and I, this this really connected with me. That sometimes people who really are used in these kind of spiritual gifts, they they sometimes seem a little odd. And I don't just mean the normal odd. I mean like the really odd, you know? I, I, I don't, it, maybe you didn't grow up in these kind of circles, but it's like someone brought this up and it's like, yep, that's exactly right. It does seem that some of these people, these very spiritually minded people, who clearly God was using... I mean, they manifest very significant things in their life that seem to say God was speaking and working through these people in a unique way, but sometimes they were just plain weird. And it's okay to say it, all right? And I really thought about that, and it's like, you know, there's some truth to that. I wonder if the same thing in a person that makes them kind of miss the social clues, they kind of miss what's going on around, they don't really care so much about that, I wonder if that also makes them a little more open to not worry so much about what people think, just I'm going to do and I'm going to say what God tells me to say. Is it possible that, that just that little disconnect from some of the social norms that some folks have has a flip side that actually opens them a little bit because they're just not worried about what other people think. In fact, they're not aware of what other people think. But there's this openness. And if that's the case, okay, God, give me more of that. And you're like, Pastor Sean, should you really pray that God makes you weirder? If it means I'm going to be surrendered more fully, if it means I'm going to hear him unhindered, and if it means I'm going to follow in obedience to see the fruit of obedience, then yeah, if that's what it takes. Because so often one of those fears is, well, what will other people think? Oh, God, if I I say this, oh, they're going to think I'm an idiot, and oh, I don't want that. See what that is? That's fear. Lord, set us free from our comfortable lanes. Set us free from the fear that keeps us from following and obeying you. I think he wants to work through us more in his spirit. And that's why these are included here. And that's why we couldn't just go through 1 Corinthians and just skip over that. Because God wants us to experience everything that he has. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your gifts that you've given what I do know, Lord, I think all of us understand is that there's more. There's more that, we, that you have to offer than what we're experiencing, than what we're taking advantage of. There's, there's deeper places that you want to take us in your spirit, in wisdom, in fruit. Lord, fill us. Fill us with your spirit. We need people who will listen for you in prayer and experience things in prayer that change our hearts and lives. We need people who will speak your word boldly with love and humility, but with a boldness that really isn't worried so much about what people think of us, but we're more concerned that people see you clearly. We worship you. And I ask, Lord, that you would change our hearts, open us, and use us. You are the king and we want to advance your kingdom. We make ourselves available. Here we are, Lord. Send us. In Jesus' name, amen. That's Pastor
0: Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org.